Well, um, you may have noticed over uh, this semester, I've incorporated something a little different where I started just having conversations with people, and this has allowed me to do a few things. One, I want to hear from people. There are so many people I'd like for you to hear from, but they're very nervous to public speak and don't write a message or a sermon, and so they don't want to do public speaking, but they're a little more open to have conversations. And um, so you've seen a little bit about that this semester, and you'll see it, see it next week with a chapel speaker we have on Friday. But uh, Kurt, you may remember, uh, was part of the Student Missions Day where we heard from different students who were involved in different ministries. And we heard about Kurt was involved in, in prison ministry. And, um, and he talked about how he had spent some time on Rikers Island. And uh, he wanted to clarify he's not talking about an island like Puerto Rico or something like that. Uh, it was a prison and uh, shared just a second of his life there and why he feels called to prison ministry. Uh, and since that moment... Several have asked for him to share a little bit more of his story, which I spend quite a bit of time in prayer on, and we've had a lot of conversations. We've been meeting regularly anyway, and um, um, I've been in prayer because I don't want to put too much pressure on him, still relatively new in the faith, which you're going to hear about, and uh, just wanted to bathe and surround him in prayer. And so before we begin, uh, let us also just now uh, take a moment of prayer. Heavenly Father, we've just sung an amazing song called This Is Our God, and um, we are about to hear a story that really demonstrates the type of God that we serve and just how powerful the grace of God is and can break into the depths of hell and redeem and restore and bring new life. We thank you for the living testimony that Kurt is and that he is even with us today. And so now I pray you lead and guide our conversation, bless, anoint him, I pray. But not only this day, uh, I pray that you surround him and encourage him and strengthen him in his journey and his walk with you. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. Well, Kurt, tell us um, how, uh, tell us a little bit about your journey and and how you, why you're passionate about prison ministry and how, when the prison journey began for you. Um, Is this this on? This on? All right. I start... I mean, I'll start beginning. Anything that I've done has nothing to do with my family. My family was awesome. I had an awesome mother. Um, she was always there for me, even through all my uh, visits on, on and vacations and stuff. She would come visit me, and uh, she'd bring me, you know, she'd support me in any way she could. Um, but, you know, my whole life I felt like I was missing something can't explain it, you know, like that, that, that emptiness inside of you, um, inside of me, uh, that I kept trying to fill up with other things of this world, you know, um, whether it be money, drugs, women, uh, you know, all, all those things of this world that, um, only bring you temporary pleasure for that moment, you know, and, um, so I, I, I got affiliated with certain things growing up, um, started, selling drugs, start off with certain substance, you know, weed and stuff. And, and then I, uh, progressed into, uh, throughout my career, I guess you can call it. I progressed into, uh, harder substances, which was more risk, more money, but more risk. And, um, I just fed off of that lifestyle. I lived for that lifestyle. I lived for that moment, you know, like now living in the moment is a completely different experience from living in the moment back then living in that moment was like what can I get right now at this second just because I could die at any second you know and um so I I I I just I lived that lifestyle I uh sold drugs sold heroin for a very long time for a couple years and um 
one day my friend, um, my friend, this kid John Jay, All right. this kid John Jay, he was actually my original Connect uh, when I was younger. Connect uh, translation. Um, uh, my the person I used to purchase my drugs off of, and he would supply me with my drugs, and I would sell them. Um, he would. He'd gone. He's gone. I thought he'd gotten killed or locked up or something. I mean, it's not a very rare occasion that somebody gets killed or, or, or locked up. And um, so he he goes away. And I just gotten released from Rikers Island to, into a facility because my thing was like I would get locked up and then I'd be like, if you cop out to a drug program, your the the charge gets diminished. It gets dropped. So you don't really have a record. So kind of you know I don't know why I was even thinking of caring if I had a record or not, but I mean I was. It's basically my mom always in my ear. But uh, so I would cop out to a program. And uh, so I got released to a program. And, uh, and he Facebooked me. And I was in, in this technology age and whatever. So he, and my man made me a Facebook page. And he faced this kid, John Jay, Facebooked me and said, um, I'd like to meet up with you. Where are you at? I'm like, I was living in Brooklyn at the time. He was in, I believe, either Queens or Uptown, somewhere in the city. And, um, and we met up. And, and, and as soon as I saw this kid walking up the up the block, I was like, it's not the same kid. You know, I was like, this, not even the way he dressed, just the way he walked and carried himself. I can't explain it. I know it now to be God, just, you know, you know, the light of God in him. But, um, so he spoke to me and he was like, you know, uh, he's like, you know, you don't got to live this lifestyle no more. He's like, you can give your life over to God and da, 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 da. And I was like, okay, so, all right, sounds good. I'm like, thank you. It worked for you. Um, I'm a scum. I'm, I'm not a good person. It's not going to work for me, you know? So I had to go through another couple of years of turmoil. And uh, I, this last time, so what had happened was a couple of my workers, the people that were working for me, runners, I guess you call them. I know, yeah, people working for me, um, got arrested, and they got let out the next day. And I was like, I mean, I, don't, I, I probably should explain that that means that most likely, you know, I knew the, pro- the amount of drugs I'd given them. They're not getting out the next day. So they talked to the cops. I, that was my instant reaction. And so I, um, I checked into a facility because in a facility they have confidentiality laws. You sign up for confidentiality. Da, da, da. And, um, and they can't tell the cops where you're at. They can't tell anyone where you're at using the system like a good criminal. Um, <laughs> and, and so um, when I'm in there... I'm remembering, like, I'm trying to just, like, stay in there so I don't get in a lot of trouble, you know? And I just couldn't stop doing what I was doing, even in there. I smuggled my cell phone in there. I was still selling cigarettes in there. I had a pocket full of money. Like, what am I going to use money for in, in an institution? You don't, you can't buy anything. So, um, craziness. And, um, so... I just was like stuck and I, something was tugging on me. Like, I'm like, why can't I just stop doing this? My mom, backtrack real quick. My mom came to Rikers Island and, and, and told me, and this is what started the change. She told me, she's like, I'm not coming to visit you no more. I remember walking on the floor, the visiting floor that day and looking at her and her face was different. She's like, I'm not visiting you no more. I'm not getting searched, strip searched for you. I'm not getting searched for you. I'm not, I'm not doing this no more. I'm fed up. She's been doing it since I'm 15 years old, you know? So... All right, fast track back to this point. Uh, 
I, something was tugging on my heart. I had to change. I couldn't explain why. I just, I just, I had to change. And I didn't know how. And I remember being like sitting in these meetings. They bring meetings in there. And, and the guys would come in there and be like, oh, I sold this. I did that. I got locked up for this amount of years and this, that, and the third. And I, at the end of the meeting, raise my hand and be like, thank you. I don't really care. Your story don't change me one bit. I got my own war story. I'm like, how do I find God? I'm Because I remember John Jay. I would hear John Jay saying, it's God. It's God. It's God. You know, and so I kept asking, you know, seek and you'll find. But I, 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 um, I kept asking and I remember the, and I was just going crazy. When you take away my money, my drugs, my lifestyle, I have no sense of identity. Um, that, that thing that I was filling it up with, I don't have that anymore. So it's a hole that's just, I'm miserable. I want to hurt people. You know, I just, I don't like my life. So I'm in there, and, and, and I'm going absolutely crazy. And I remember I, I called my connect, the person I was working for at that time. And he said, I was like, yo, I'm coming back. He's like, all right. He's like, I'll see you tonight. So that day, after I got off the phone, my, the, the guy, counselor, whatever you want to call him, called me in the office and said, give me a cell phone. And uh, I was like, I'm like I, got no, I don't got a cell phone. I'm like, what are you talking about? And he's like, give me a cell phone. And like... Now I know it was God forcing me to do this, but at the time there's something tugging at me saying, just give him the cell phone. So I gave him the cell phone, and that night, the very first meeting, the guy comes in, he said, I'm not here to tell you how much drugs I sold, how much time I've done in prison. He's like, I'm here to tell you that the only solution to your problem is God. And it was like that, it was like, that's weird, you know? I've been looking for this the whole time. I was about to leave, and I didn't, and then, so... All these signs started happening. I pulled that guy aside and, and I started picking his brain. And he was like, you know, he just, he told me his story. And this is like the story that changed me. It was like two wolves inside every man, a good and a bad wolf, you know. And uh, the grand, so it's, it's a Native American tale. I don't know, you know. And, uh, and so, are we allowed to talk about this in here? Um, so, there's a good and a bad wolf. And one, and, and, and uh, the bad wolf is like, violence, anger, hate, lust, all that stuff. And the good wolf is, you know, good stuff. Uh, good stuff. I didn't know what the good stuff was at the time. So um, he's like, and the grandson asked the grandpa, so it's the grandson asking grandpa, how do I know which, which, uh, which wolf I'll be or which wolf will be dominant in my life? He's like, which one you, everyone you feed more? So I told my, I just, I can go on about that night forever, but I'm not going to. The next morning, my counselor's like, I'm like, yo, I had this crazy experience. I think I, I don't know what it is. I, I don't know what it is. Something I feel good. I don't know. Something weird. And now I know it to be God. But uh, he's like, you know what that means, though? He's like, it's down to every little thing. He's like, he's like you got to feed that good wolf. He's like, just because we tell you to walk left, walk left. Because we told you to do it. Because we're telling you it's the right thing to do. You might not understand it, but just do it. And at this moment, I just got a shipment of cigarettes in. I was strapped with Newports right here. And, um, and I didn't see a problem with that, you know? But he did. So he's like uh, down to every little thing, and it just kept resonating. I'm like, dang, I really got to give these things up, don't I? I got to stop doing this stuff. And this is my very first prayer. So I, 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 uh, I tried to go give them to the kid I was working with. Try to just go give them the cigarettes and be like, you take them. But I, couldn't. I walked through his room. I didn't have the power. I was so caught up. That big wolf was just like, I didn't have the power. I went to the bathroom. Like, looked and washed my face. Try to, like, get a little courage up, you know, get amped up. 
Went to the kids' room area. I still couldn't do it. Went back to the bathroom. I sat in the bathroom stall. This is my first prayer. I said, yo, God, I'm like, I don't know who you are, what you are. I'm like, but just give me the strength to do this right now because I'm sick of this. And that was it. That was my first prayer. Might have been a little worded differently, but <laughs> it's because my prayer life has progressed. You know what I mean? I used <laughs> um, So I went in, threw the cigarettes on the bed um, on his bunk. And I was like, I'm done. He said, I respect that. And that's that. And I've been, you know, it's been a journey ever since there. Just trying to, trying to feed that good wolf was how it started with. And now it's me just trying to see God and know God more and more. Um, I don't do it to the best of my ability all times. Uh, I still mess up quite often. Uh, but that's, that's what I love about it. It's like, I should be dead. Straight up. I, I should be dead. Or locked up for a very longer than many years. But I'm free right now. And God, God's the only reason. You know? And I, I, I don't really got much else to say on that topic. I love God and he loves me and he's, he free me, you know? So. so it's been about two years. Yeah. Is that right? Since yeah. you've known Christ. And you told me uh, last week this is the longest stretch you've had where you have not been in prison since 15. Yeah. Right? It's been yeah. about two years. Yeah. Uh, what has... Um, what, what has life, tell me the difference between, well, why don't I start with this? What are some of the challenges you're still facing in your journey? Um, I struggle with a lot of things. Two major ones is um, loving those people that I just don't really love. I really don't like even, you know? And I want to lay my hands on them and not in the praying sense, you know? <laughs> so, but... That's, that's a struggle. Cause like in the past, like that's my, that's, that would be one of my joys is hurting somebody because they make me feel a certain way. Stupid. But I still struggle with that. The thoughts, I don't want to think those thoughts anymore. I want to love that person. Cause I'm an irritant to God. I know that, you know what I mean? So if I can't, how, how am I saying I'm a representation of, I'm trying to be like Christ and I can't, um. I can't love this man or woman that is just getting on my nerves. And the other one is, and I maybe some of you struggle with it as well, is, uh, you know, still spe- speaking and talking with women, you know, and, and not speak, you know, I need to, I need to learn, I need to learn how to put up boundaries, you know, because it's, it's, uh, that's a struggle. I didn't, I was not always Christian. I enjoyed women very much, but I, I know that that's not what God would uh how god would have me be so i still struggle with the thoughts the actions at times i'm not gonna lie i i slip up at times and i shouldn't but i like that's something i beat myself up about a lot because i know i'm looking for you know well whatever yeah i struggle with that (laughs) you want to talk about the boundaries we put in place yeah we can do that um and the boundaries that um Corey has helped me with uh is no women at my apartment. I can't do something with a woman if she's not at my apartment anymore. I mean, in the past I would have, but I'm saying like now, like I have a little more standards, you know what I'm saying? But I, uh, I, set, up sta- I set up boundaries now. And those boundaries help, you know? They give you, because uh, I've been praying for the strength. Like I don't want to, I, I want to live, I want to be faithful, you know? 
I want, I want to uh, love God before everything else. And um, when I, when you, it's just hard to do that when, when other things are slipping into your life and uh, that you don't want to, you know, you don't want to live, live like that, you know, and it's hard. You beat yourself up. And so you put up boundaries. It's not going to happen. So, yeah. Well, so what kind of convinced me as I've been praying about this for several weeks, whether to have this conversation with you here in chapel, um, there was one conversation I had with you that kind of confirmed to me that, that, that God really wanted you to share your story with our community. And that's when you were telling me about three of your friends uh, from back home. And uh, um, so tell me just, just a little bit about what's going on and, and what you're feeling, especially for one friend and what's going on right now. Okay. Uh, there's this kid. There's Chinga, Elias, and Keith. Um, Chinga was like my, uh, we, we sold dope together for a very long time. It's like my brother that I did a lot of things with. Uh, Keith was just a friend from school and he, we were still, we're still, you know, we were still friends and stuff like that, but I actually sold him heroin. Um, and Elias as well, I sold heroin too, but we, we, we grew, we, we were friends as well. And I'm still in contact with Elias because he's living upstate New York, doing the right thing, living the right way. And I, I talk to him, you know, we have conversations and, uh, um, so he, he tells me a couple of Fridays, like two, three Fridays ago that he had Facebooked with, or whatever you guys call it now, they contacted with, with uh, Keith. Keith had contacted him and said that uh, he, Keith said this. Keith said, oh, I'm going to be homeless in five days and, uh, and that Ching had just robbed me. And, and I don't know what it was. I've, I've never, I haven't felt this like, em- I think it's empathy. Like I just felt like I can't explain it. Like I, I know you know, I, I know, and I felt him, and I felt the pain. Like, I feel the struggle. Like, when I think about Keith, like, I've, I, 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 straight up, I, I felt like crying. You know what I mean? Um, I felt the struggle. I know his struggle, you know? And I know what he's going through. And I, and I, and I, and I just, I know he needs to know God, you know? And, and I, so I, I, I'm like, I'm praying about this kid, and I'm, I'm not even, I don't even start off prayers with him, and he's, image just him he's just flooding my prayer like flooding me like i can't explain it like god is just and i'm like literally like broken my heart is broken over this because i feel like i know the answer i know the solution i know that god is the truth the way in the light and 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 i just and i and i want him to get it you know so i i made a facebook account again which was i just don't like facebook but uh and I and I started talking to him, you know, and, and we're we're communicating right now. And I just love, I just I want him to get it because that's like, it's just it's a struggle because like it's it's like when you're in that lifestyle, you don't care if you live or die, and you're just like miserable, wandering aimlessly. It's just like no purpose in life. If you don't have a purpose in life, what? Why live? You know, and I know, and I feel it when I I just feel him. And I, and I want to talk to him about it. And, and I've been, we started communicating and I'm, he's starting to ask some questions, which is really good. And I'm feeling, I'm feeling, I love, I love it. And I pray about him every day. And if you guys could pray for him also, that would really, really, that would that'd be nice. Because he is, he's a great kid, you know. He doesn't, he deserves God's love as much as any of us, you know. So. And we'll, it, here in a few moments, we'll pray for Keith and, and, and pray for you. 
So you had told me, and not that we, I don't want to backtrack too much. I get caught up in all, all the details and things like that. But you said at one point you reached a level selling drugs that you had aspired to since you were 15. Uh, you finally got to that level. Um, you said you were making about $3,000 a day. Um, but then also uh, using about $1,000 a day for your own drug uh, drug uh, needs. Um, so now I, I, do, I know um, maybe there are some jobs here on campus that pay well. I don't think they're $3,000 a day. Um, tell us about financially and just everyday living. Uh, tell us about the difference and how, how you feel about it. And the, uh, that's the greatest freedom, besides from the, you know, the drugs, is the money. Is the, the, I'm broke. I'm, like, broke. I have, I think, $60 in my bank account. I paid rent up until December. I got a new car. Well, not a new car. It's an old car, but I just bought it. But, um, but I, you can't serve two masters. That's where, it's, it's in Matthew, I believe, right? Sure, something like that. Uh, I can't, I can't, I'm content. I can't, I can't, I can't love God and love money at the same time. I can't make money my God. And I've made, you know, it can creep back in like, oh, I want this, I want this. But that's the true freedom I've felt. It's just not m- being content and not, um, and not letting money run me and, and depict my, and, and just, Control my actions, you know, freedom and being broke. <laughs> that's actually a great freedom and being broke. That's good. I like that. Um, I've heard testimonies like this before and believe, in that, believe that they happen. Um, but you had a pretty serious heroin addiction, um, $1,000 a day uh, addiction. Um, but... It seems as if God has touched your life in a moment and healed you in a moment from that. There are other issues, as he shared, and other struggles. Um, am I articulating that right? How would you yeah. say that? I mean, I don't think about drugs no more at all. Um, and that could only be from God. You know, I don't think about, mo- like, I'm not, my, my thoughts are not 24-7, like, how can I get another dollar? How can I, you know? Because, I mean, it, it, I didn't think it was a drug problem because I had all the drugs to use. So I didn't think it was a drug problem. I didn't have a problem with drugs. I had a problem with life, you know. And um, so it's... What was the question? There's no addiction. You're not addicted. Oh, no, no, no. My brain is still not what it should be, though. <laughs> but uh, that's what drugs do to you. And um, I, I, there's no addiction. There, there, there's no addiction to drugs. No, I still... Ha- struggle, like I said, with certain things um, that I, that I, you know, women, I should not be with. I shouldn't even be in the same room alone with them. It's just honest. Got to put up a, a, a barrier. And I, th- but there's no compulsion. I'm totally free. And people tell you, people will tell you, people will be like, oh, you just got to do it one day at a time, one day. I agree, one day at a time. But I will never pick up another drug in my life. I will never sell another drug in my life. I will never stick somebody up again. I will never do any of that stuff ever again in my life. And I can sit here and say that factually because I have God. I'm not going to, you know, it's just. 
So I want to, and I, I do want to just be clear, you know, you were, you were, when you say, you know, you're being honest about your struggle with women, he's never been abusive or, or no, physical violence. It's not, it's not anything like this. No, it, just being with women. <laughs> right. Just, right. You know. right. Well, I didn't tell you I was going to ask this question, but it came to me. I'd like to hear from you. How can, how can I, and, and how can we uh, be praying for you? Um, just, I, I mean, I'm good. I just, you know, maybe with the women's situation, um, I would also like, if you guys could pray for the, for, for, to be honest, like the ministry, just, just uh, kids that are locked up, you know, people that are locked up and that don't know more so people that don't know God, you know, that we could be used as like vessels, you know, and just. I think you'd also like help you mention early because you're in Greek and you'd like. Some oh yeah, if I could get <laughs> Professor Mouse, I would, uh, Doctor Mouse, I would love some help in. Uh, in yes, yeah, so, so we'll pray, pray for, for a Greek, Greek class as well, because um, <laughs> Kurt is is preparing for ministry. Yes. He's preparing to go into the ministry. So, um, well, thank you for sharing your story uh, with us this morning, and it's ongoing, and um, we know that all of us are in different places, but Kurt is a living testimony. This is our God of what God can do in a life and the grace of God can really reach into the darkness of hell and redeem and restore and bring about new life. So I wanted Kurt to share his story, but also share about his passion for Keith. Uh, and that I know that passion will grow for others as well. Uh, but that is our passion for all of you, that if you don't know Christ, he is the only answer. Uh, that is the God we serve. And I hope that, that you'll turn to him. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, if, there's, if there are people here this morning that, that have not made that commitment and turned towards you, I pray in these next moments, whether a nod of the head or just a whisper of a prayer to you, that they say in their heart, I want Kurt's God to be my God. Because as I hear of what you've done in his life, Lord, I know that you too can work in my life. We pray for Keith this morning. We pray that the grace of God storms into his life the way it did in Kurt's life. That he be redeemed and restored and renewed and bring about new life. We pray that he comes to know you as Lord and Savior of his life. Give Kurt the words to, to speak when he needs to speak. Uh, help him to know when to listen. Help him know how to support and care for Keith. And we pray that he comes to know Jesus as his Lord and Savior. We pray for him now. Thank you again for this time together. We pray for Kurt and his life and his ministry. We pray for his mother this morning. Bless her, Lord. Thank you for her love for him. And uh, we pray that uh, his, his future will be much, much greater than his past. And that thousands will come to know the Lord through his life and through his ministry. So bless him and anoint him now, we pray. In Christ's name. Amen. We close with the doxology because after hearing amazing stories and hearing from the word of God, we just want to give praise to God for all things. So let us sing. Praise God from...